Hello and welcome to episode six of the Metal Hammer podcast. Elle's back. All right, Elle. Yay. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm all right. You've been in New York with all sorts of adventures. What have you been up to? Yeah, I went over to New York for a label showcase for a new label. Well, it was actually a two-year anniversary of the label called Black Lights Media, which is a subsidiary of Metal Blade, who, of course, signed bands like Metallica back in the day. Arguably the most significant metal label of all time very significant label and it's being run by a celebrity chef called Chris Santos who has a TV show (laughs) hold on (laughs) that went weird quickly it's run by a celebrity chef yeah his name is Chris Santos and he is on a show in the US called Chopped I think it is and he has cookery books free plug for you there Rob and he has fitness product apparently you know he has kind of a small empire of stuff going on and he is really into music and heavy music and has been around the new york scene for a long time and decided to start up this label with metal blade they had a big show in new york's gramercy theater with all the bands on their roster which was really cool so there was good tiger and mother feather and good it was- tiger featuring one time Tesseract singer Elliot yeah. is that right Elliot Coleman yeah. he's their vocalist and the other members obviously from the Safety Fire oh god I remember them yeah yeah they were decent wow yeah they were decent oh, that takes me back a little bit and uh, Mother Feather I think we've had in the mag before they're um, kind of a bit more garage punk rather than metal and that's the thing actually it's kind of all the bands are heavy bands but they're all slightly different genres they're not all metal bands so it's sort of Metal Blade's new home for slightly different interesting alternative bands branching out a little bit yeah. a few labels kind of do it going into that kind of vibe now like Nuclear Blast have you got uh, Sharp Tone they've got Sharp Tone haven't they um, uh, in Rising, a Rising Empire Century Media is that right yeah I think got that right. Oh, no, another Century another Century I'm sorry and then the Rising Empire might be another Nuclear Blast one I'm getting confused the point is there's lots of labels doing good stuff which is great Morton what have you been up to nothing quite that glamorous but no I went to East London which is not as just as good in, just in as New good York. as Manhattan <laughs> yeah, it's just <laughs> as good yeah I went uh, to see Here Lies Man who we spoke about briefly uh, last week and I have to explain who they were the sort of Afro B.E. Afrobeat metal. Afrobeat metal. Yeah, like Black Sabbath meets Funkadelic, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, sort of. But it was, it was a good gig, sort of. It, it was a hard one because it felt way more like a jam session than a gig. It wasn't. Right, it, okay, it, it okay. wasn't like, oh, we're going to play this one, and now we're going to play this one, which is fine. But it, I can't remember what the singer's name is. But he said at one point, "Oh, we're playing a soundtrack to a movie that doesn't exist or something." I was like, okay cool um, but it was, it was good it was like his vocals were a bit low in the mix and it was just a bit odd really bits of it were good but it's, I don't know there's something really off about it and it sort of wound me up a bit I don't, wow. know, I don't know what it was wound you up really wound me up yeah because I was really, exci- really really excited about it and it was good but it just felt a bit too not try hard that they were trying to be more artistic than they necessarily are but it was just a bit like oh okay you're not you're, we're not just a regular band guys and like, yeah, oh, yeah. okay fine just Play the songs I know, but they did a, they, they did a Fader Cootie cover, which was cool. Solid six point five out of 13. yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. In case you haven't tweaked, I am Mo, and I am of course here with Luke and El. El's back after a couple of weeks away in New York. Had a lovely time, as you just heard. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the metal world right now. Of course, we do have the current issue of Metal Hammer on newsstands right now, just in case you've been hiding under a rock, <laughs> a, a metal proof rock. 
for the last uh, couple of weeks. We've got Tony Iommi and Rob Halford, two legends of the game, in a world-exclusive interview together for the new issue of Metal Hammer. It's on sale now. Also features interviews with the likes of the original and uh, classic Sepultura lineup, talking about what happened in the uh, the turbulent year that led to Max leaving the band, of course. Alongside interviews with the likes of Dave Mustaine and Love Bites and Vile Creature and Conjurer, who just dropped a brilliant debut album and many, many more. Get all over that right now. And also, the Metal Hammer tour is a few weeks away. We can Yay. say that now. It's basically a month away or so, isn't it? It starts. Yeah, but it's, it's technically starting. The European dates are in. That is true. Code Orange aren't on that one, though, I don't No, Code Orange aren't on that one. They're only for the, the lovely people of the UK. The UK. But yeah, if you are across Europe and you want to see yourselves in Trivium, uh, they are kind of heading across the continent right now with Venom Prison and Power Trip in tow. And then they are joined by Code Orange for some very special Hammer sponsored UK dates. It's going to be fucking biblical. Tickets are about 80% sold, I believe, oh, awesome. from what Trivium was saying the other day. So uh, don't sleep on them. It's going to go. It's going to be awesome. What else is going on in the world? It's quite a busy week, isn't it? Loads of shit coming out. Yeah, as yesterday was a busy old day on the Metal Hammer website. Because Five Finger Death Punch, guys. They've announced a new record. <laughs> Why are you so <laughs> nice? We like Five Finger Death you, you both do love Five Finger Death Punch. Fine, I'll do this then. Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> are releasing a new album. And Justice for None is coming May 18th. See what they did there? Uh... <laughs> I mean, I think it's probably safe to say we're not expecting any drastic evolution from the Five Finger Camp at no. this point, but that's what they do. They do big, dumb, fun metal songs. And I I'm don't fine care. With that. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I want it anyway. Yeah, I want, I want it. So that'll be good. Uh, yeah, that's coming in May. Massive album for the scene. Um, very much a band that are looking to step up. Uh, and kind of you know see just how big they can get I think yeah we talked about it it was only last week week before about bands that could step up and Five Finger always the one on everyone's you know, lips yeah. I guess because they are you know, the crowds they pull a download are ridiculous like sometimes bigger yeah. than the headliners absolutely absolutely and you know they comfortably filled at Wembley was it at the end of last yeah, year yeah yeah I think it's Wembley, yeah, Wembley. Yeah. so yeah going places and on that note someone else is releasing an album I know, with much more up my street, I guess, it partway dry. <laughs> yes, come on. Come on. The announced new album, Reverence, is coming May 4th. I think that's like a week or two weeks before the Five Finger album. Wow. Uh, so yeah, gonna be, May's going to be good. Weeks. That's going to be crazy. Uh, and yeah, it's they've released a new song as well called The Void. I mean, you saw the video for it, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Void, because uh, they did Wishing Well first, didn't they, a couple of weeks yeah. ago, and that was kind of this really epic dark piece with the kind of weird Winston centred yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah the void much more in line with what was going on on IR like yeah, gung-ho was, heavy metal it was way more fun way more bouncy Winston sets himself on fire in the video so that's really? I haven't yeah. seen it I haven't seen the video oh no it's really good wow go on the Metal Hammer website man. I yeah, it's bloody really will straight after uh, this but no it's wicked but of the album Mer- uh, Winston has said that it is the most honest and personal record they have ever created Wow, uh, I think we've kind of heard that on the on the lowdown as well. Actually, there's some real uh, interesting and yeah, like he kind of said, personal themes going on with this one, which we'll be delving into uh, a little bit down the line with Mel Hammer. Uh, so yeah, new Five Finger album on the way, new Parkway album on the way. What else is going on now? So Bring Me the Horizon are writing some new material, and apparently Ooh. it's different. Different. Ooh. Okay. This could be different good or different bad. Okay, here's the question then. Bearing in mind they're not going to suddenly put out another suicide season. Uh-huh. And probably not another there is a hell. Realistically, what do we want and hope for from a new Bring Me Horizon, the Horizon album in the year 2018 or 19, whenever it comes? Selfishly, I guess you want them to remember they came from the hardcore and metal scene. Right. Um, but I think 
uh, anything's been said before. I think I, can't remember, I think John Sells may have said they probably are sick of being treated like wankers by the metal scene for quite a while. Like, as in fans saying, "Fuck you, bring me. You're not a metal band." Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've probably just gone well. Fuck you then. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go off and be a massive, massive mainstream band, which they are. Yeah. Yeah, that crowd they pulled at Reading three years ago, whenever it was, was massive. Still, do you still think they are a mainstream band, though? Because I think, like I was saying there when we were talking about this earlier, like you made the point that, you know, to us, that the most, one of the most, um, that's the spirit, was one of the most streamlined albums our world has probably ever kind of put on a pedestal. But actually, to other people, that's not really the case. Yeah, I mean, we kind of look at that spirit and think, yeah, it's good, but it's not massively heavy. But if you're part of a mainstream audience, it's still going to be heavy for you if you've not listened to much heavy music. Yeah, exactly. And I remember I actually went on BBC Radio to talk about Metal for Hammer last year. And Bring Me were actually playing a massive Radio 1 event. Um, but the guys at the BBC I was speaking to didn't actually know who Bring Me were. So I think there's still this thing where they do occupy a niche area and they're not fully mainstream yet. So I think they've still got some barriers to break down there, mm. whether it's getting heard by people or at least presenting that sound in a way that people who aren't familiar with heavy music can stomach. Mm. I think they've got a real battle on their hands because they, to be fair to them, yes, they've technically probably got more and more for want of a better word commercial with each album as they've gone along but they've still pretty much done everything on their terms I mean I don't think any of us could have predicted a song like Happy Song coming out of the gates when that last album came even if we assumed they were going to go in a different direction or whatever and when you look at every single band without exception that has kind of started in really really heavy realms but eventually managed to get to a you know stadium filling level they've always done it on their terms even if they've you know got a bit catchier along the way or whatever they've never compromised they've never sacrificed anything so they're gonna they've probably got a case of not overthinking what comes next but how can you do that when it's such an important record let's not forget as well happy song totally ripped off faith no more's be aggressive true true so it's kind of almost using those metal roots and turning them into something else true which is what they're pretty good at so there might be something like that coming who knows interesting interesting to see what's going to come and yeah we've talked about parkway talked about five finger it's quite a big uh big year for bands that are kind of in a position to actually do the the hallowed stepping up and yeah, yeah and becoming like you know more than just a big metal band but a genuinely massive band at all i mean do we think it's feasible that this could be the year where we really see the that kind of watershed moment. It does feel that way because, like, all the big, the you know, the big guns are aren't doing on releasing albums this year. Like, there's no Metallica albums, no yeah. Maiden albums, nothing like that. And it is, you know, primed and ready for a young-ish band to suddenly go right, fuck it, let's do it. Yeah, you know, let's be that band. Like, it could be Five Thing, it could be Partway. I think I, or, it could be know, Ghost. It could well. be Boat. Could be Ghost. Yeah, I've seen the Ghost albums coming because of all the, the Wait, stuff. Yeah, all the weird, kooky papa stuff going on the socials, and even even bands like Behemoth, like they're not going to be mainstream anytime soon, but they're easily about to become the biggest band in extreme metal. I I fucking hope so. Like, because I mean, uh, I guess that's a slightly different vibe, but that's probably the album I'm most excited about this year, purely on a musical level, because I just yeah. don't know what will come next from them. But yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Al? What's coming next? Can bands do it? Can I just say that Behemoth is actually Behemoth, I think, as far as I know. Oh, God. <laughs> we had this debate on the old Hammer podcast years ago, and I can't remember what we settled on in the I end. I think it's Behemoth. We'll get Nurgle on here one day to settle it once and for all. 
I think we did ask him once and he said something really vague like it can be whatever you want it to be yeah. <laughs> that's my shit Polish accent I seem to remember on Robot Wars it was their robot was Bayamoth so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah anything with Craig Charles attached is the final fucking saying pretty much obviously <laughs> Jesus um, but yeah I mean what do you think because what's interesting I guess is that when you look at where Parkway are at and you look at where Five Finger are at and you look at where Ghost are at um, and again we kind of assume a Ghost album is coming um, they are three very very different bands that mm. are all at a reasonably similar level um, I think that are probably a step above really. I think they are in size definitely yeah. but they're all bands that could be in the run in for the big festival headline debate and, mm. you know when we say festival I know Ghost have done um, Bloodstock but we're talking like you know 100,000 kind yeah, of festival yeah. Um, you know, Ghost are a band who are all about different chapters and visuals and ideologies and concepts and this really intricate thing that goes behind them that kind of puts them quite close to like Slipknot in terms of, you know, what each new era brings and yeah. the interest in it. Parkway are a band that have just evolved with each release and they kind of get bigger and bigger with that. Five Finger Death Punch have not changed a fucking shit <laughs> since 2006, which again, as we said earlier, is fine. Yeah, um, I mean, what do you think has to be? What do you think about like Parkway has to do, for example, to to step up? Well, I think they're getting there with their show because if you think about the last tour, that was a big step up in terms of production. They had the rotating right. drum kit, which we talked about before. They had those of pyro, and that was something we hadn't seen before either. It wasn't just like, oh, here's some smoke in a song. Yeah. It was like, holy shit, what is this? It felt really, really big. And even if we knew there was going to be pyro, there was a lot of it and at times <laughs> yeah. when you didn't necessarily know it was going to happen so it just felt like this huge massive exciting thing where I think everyone in that room was just super excited to be there there was a really good vibe so if they can carry that on that's the kind of thing that makes a really good massive mm-hmm. giant crowd pleasing set definitely I think it's probably yeah the obvious answer but what you need is songs you know, I, I, yeah absolutely yeah, yeah absolutely. I uh, it's Possibly my favourite Parkway album, maybe, just because every song's a tune. It's but, 100% my favourite Parkway yeah, album. Yeah, every song's got a massive chorus on it, pretty much, or at least a big hook that you can just, you know, mosh to. And it's varied as well. Like, yeah. I know, I know, I'm not saying Parkway were ever a one-trick pony, but the, the variation in stuff going on at Aya is way ahead of Yeah, completely. But even it, Atlas. But it was Aya that sent them into Brixton, and with or not that they didn't have Paro before, but suddenly everything's got bigger off the back of that album. And because you don't, you sort of assume in that we mentioned Bringing before, you go, oh, to get bigger, you stop screaming, you stop being heavy. But that's not the case when you look at Architects, for example. They've, they're a metal man, band and they just did Ale- Alexandra Palace yeah. or whatever. So I'm hoping. I mean, even Slipknot, like, yes, okay, they got the, the last couple of albums haven't been the same as the self title, but they're still fucking throwing blast beats out in yeah. arenas. Yeah, Custer, it's not a radio friendly song. No, it is not. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I think I hope Partway don't you know dilute themselves in any way. But as long as they're packing choruses that they were on Aya, then they could easily do Wembley. I think the Parkway are on the kind of most uh, well, no, Five Finger Death Punch are on the most straight and narrow because they'll just do what they do, and I just we'll see we'll yeah. see when the album Five Finger comes, fans but... will like the Five Finger album. Exactly, so many happen. hits as well. If you're talking about actual, well, that's because they put out about eighty albums in five years or something, <laughs> didn't they? Well, yeah, but they've also it's that kind of thing where you might not think that you're that into Five Finger. But if you go Luke, and watch a show, me. exactly, <laughs> that'll be hit after hit after hit, and you'll be like, yeah. oh, it's this one, it's this one. You actually, you probably really enjoy it, Luke. Yeah. Okay. When they next play, you seen Five Finger before? Once or twice at festivals, okay. never at their own show. I, I will say, when it comes to 
you know, you can't make someone like something on record if, they, if they're just not into it. But I do think you can objectively say a band is a good live band, and Five Finger are one of the best live metal bands going. Okay. They're fucking brilliant. When they play London, whenever they come back, I will go Great. And, and I will, you know, I will see how it goes. A lovely time. Uh, I'll drink lots of beers and have a lovely time. <laughs> you need to hold your phone up as well during the bleeding. I think is that a thing? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You're too old to get on stage now, though. There was bring people's kids up. And <laughs> I did see footage of them get like a like a grandma out though for a song. Did they? Yeah, yeah. Like, like, everyone was it's all really good fun, year. isn't it? I mean, they're they're an interesting one, I think, because Parkway and Ghosts uh, very much like what will the next chapter bring? You know, what will the next Ghost Papa look like? Yeah. Um, what will the stage show be like? What will Parkway's next evolution in their sound sound like? And all this kind of stuff. Five Finger kind of almost done it all under the radar. Like, there's not any real fanfare about them. No. You don't... I think because, especially kind of when you look at the quote-unquote media bubble, there's not the same kind of fascination with their next movements and all this kind of stuff. They just... I mean, I don't think they've ever gone too out... Maybe this time out because of the label shit they're going through, but they've rarely gone two years without releasing an album. That's um, crazy. Uh, and in that whole time they've just kept on doing what they do and they're just getting bigger and bigger and bigger and out of nowhere now they're, they're an arena band and no one's really kind of ever backed that horse properly to go this band they're going to be the band that do it but maybe they could be headlining down low before any of them I don't know it'd be fascinating to see I think lots of normal people did though like you said about the media bubble you know if you go and speak to most metalers they'll like some five feet yeah yeah definitely so. they've become like the people's metal band like the rock <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what I mean. They've become the kind of... I like doing their silence after I said that. Um, but they've kind of become a band that, um, you know, they might not be cool, the coolest band or yeah. whatever. They just make great music and pe- and metalheads, like, without any kind of extra levels of, you know... doesn't matter what their politics are, doesn't matter what their morals are, doesn't matter... What they're, even what they're writing about a lot of the time it's just music that people like coming up to and just fucking moshing out and having a good time to and I think they represent that more than any other prominent band I can think of at the moment you go to the Five Finger show you just go there to fucking mosh about and have a laugh yeah. you're not there to go kind of ooh what's going to happen here and... I will give that to Five Finger like, as much as I'm not a fan musically they've never changed and they've never tried to be like a fashionable band in any way it has always been we're a metal band we fucking love riffs yeah. here you are and then it's like, all right, fine. And that's why they've got so many fans because they know what they like. Yeah. Well, and the whole thing is overcoming adversity. If you want to do a workout, if you want to get out of bed in the morning with a smile on your face, find some five finger death. I, I literally have a five finger death punch workout like this. Exactly. Like when fucking over and under it kicks in, if you just don't want to run to the heart of the sun or something. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm so over uh, my hyperbole these days. Um, yeah, then yeah, it's a good one to do. So who, who are you. Uh, in terms of what you're most excited about out of those that level of the band let's say I mean bring me a bit different because they're kind of they're kind of already doing it yeah, yeah. on an international level if you look at Five Finger Ghost and Parkway what, what album are you most excited about in terms of this is an album I think could do amazing things I I don't know it's hard I'm, I'm probably a bigger Parkway fan out of all those bands but I think Ghost have the potential to be bigger than the metal scene if they get it right and it'd be really really interesting to see what happens mm-hmm. with it because that whole theatrical element to it it's only you know I can't believe they're not being picked up by any, the media outside of metal yeah. like, it's crazy yeah. and this album could be that I agree oh yeah I think for me it's it's probably I think the Parkway 
Oh, I don't know. Though. Iowa's so good. As even though I think so, out of all these bands, I think Square Hammer isn't just the best song any of them have written. I think it's one of the best songs ever written by a metal band. But I think no. Iyer is the best album any of those bands have put out as a fully formed thing. But I would probably so I kind of feel like Parkway might. I don't know. We'll see. I think I, I don't know. I think I'm, I'm confusing the issue now. I think that Ghost is probably the one that it's going to be most fascinating to see what happens, just because the idea of a band like that permeating the mainstream is so exciting. Yeah. Like people in Corpse Paint and well, whatever the fuck he's wearing next, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> assuming he, he's an, it's another Papa esque thing going on, like who fuck knows what's going on. What about you, Rob? Yeah. So <laughs> just having a little think over in the corner yeah I think personally I'm most excited for Parkway because I just really loved Aya cool. and uh, I hope there's like you know 10 more Boston feeders on there because it was just really oh, good unbelievable song. Um, yeah you know followed Ghost all this time and I like the mystique of them and I think they've got a lot of interesting concepts when it comes to stage so I'm probably most excited about seeing what they do with their live show but I'm most excited about seeing Parkway just come back and rip which they definitely will and there we Five Finger who we will assume we dare you to surprise us Five Finger Death Punch on this next album we dare you uh, but yeah Parkway and Five Finger both releasing albums in May it's going to be fucking busy and the second we hear something about Ghost you know exactly where to look for it keep tuned to melthammer.com for all of that shall we take some reader questions Let's. see what the lovely Melthammer readers Facebook group has been saying uh, the first question comes from Ben Wilmot, who asks, Albums being played in their entirety live, are there any left you deeply want to see played, or is it a gimmick that's tired and needs to go away? I'm going to leap straight in here, and I'm only saying it because they've done it um, everywhere but the fucking UK, it seems. But Alive or Just Breathing by Killswitch Engage is my first and only choice because it's one of the that greatest albums ever written, and the few times they pulled out tracks other than Fixation on the Darkness or Last Serenade... Um, off that album live I've lost my shit and to see it all together would just yeah that is my choice yeah. 100% I quite like albums being played in full I, I get that it's just a thing that bands wheel out of festivals now to- it's just a deeply personal thing isn't it like it's I got really you like either it. like it you like it if it's, if it's an album you like if you don't care about the album you're not going to like it very much I think it depends on the band because I went to see a bit off topic for metal but I went to see Pixies do Doolittle in full oh cool and it was really boring. They didn't do anything on stage. Oh, not so cool. Um, <laughs> the audience were really excited, but I think they're just excited about the idea of it, not the actual performance. And I just felt a bit let down. I just felt a bit like listening to something at home. But then when I went to see Linkin Park do Hybrid Theory full at Download, that was incredible. Surely the best example of it ever being done. It's yeah. one of my sure. favourite sets in the world. It's like, the best ever. half hour I've ever seen at a festival. It was so amazing. Everyone was into it. They did it so well. I could watch that a million times over. I think, yeah, I mean, that's a good point, actually, because I think that what also made Hybrid Theory so good is because it really touched upon uh, such an important generational album. And especially in a world where, you know, downloads very much a beacon for this, where, you know, people don't like to acknowledge the impact that certain generations and new metal and, you know, bands like Linkin Park have had on the game to see what must have been one of the biggest crowds downloads ever had, just belting out every single word to every single fucking album was just immense. The flip side to that, to, to yeah, agree with what you were just saying, is that I saw Green Day do Dookie at Reading and it was crap. So, yeah, that's a shame. It was crap. It, it's not that they are not that band anymore. That's why that didn't work. 
if you see Jesse Leach doing Love but Just Breathing you yeah. know he's just a kind of leveled up more badass version of the kid that wrote that in 2002 whereas Billy Joel Armstrong is just not that guy anymore Yes, I think uh, that's a really good point actually I would love to see Tool do Lateralis or Nine Inch Nails do the Downward Spiral but both bands are quite forward looking I mm. don't necessarily think they would go back and do album shows in full mm. that is the thing a lot of the times you see bands do these albums in full things so it's always a so and so and it's 20th anniversary or whatever like the year after they release a new album and it's just like oh you don't believe in your new music do you yeah yeah very very true very yeah, very that, true and that, yeah there's bands that have done it recently and you're sort of like oh guys not naming any names uh, still Panther <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is what I was thinking of but there is but there's some I'll, yeah I've seen Metallica the first two times I saw Metallica they did Master Puppets in full then they did Black Album in full like two downloads, two downloads on the back yeah, which cool. was amazing it was. which was wicked but I thought that was interesting because you know what I'm going to get fucking eviscerated by the true metalers over this but I found I thought Master of Puppets felt amazing especially when they did Orion that was ridiculous but um, I actually didn't think the Black Album I thought they played amazingly but I didn't think the Black Album set was very good and I they think, did it in reverse order though didn't yeah, they so they could end on Sam I think it showed how top heavy that album is because I don't think they would have done that otherwise. If they had like, if it was stacked with loads of massive songs near the end, I think it wouldn't have worked. Anyway, you two didn't pick pick albums. What uh, would you like to say? Yeah, mine was all Lasseralis and Nice oh, okay, cool. Spiral. Right, sure. Also, going to throw in Pearl Jam as well with Ten. Just because I think anyone favorite. would argue with that. Love it. Mine would probably be if they've done it, but they did not did I were in full at not fest. Did they? They did like Shit. two years ago. Yeah, two or three years. I don't ago. remember that. Fuck. And. Didn't go, and I'll wow. never do it again, but that would have been fucking incredible. That would be absolutely mad. But I'm, I'm seeing Converge in a few weeks do You Fail Me and the new album in full at Roadburn, so I'm probably going to cry. Nice. And it's going to be fucking brilliant. <laughs> Big weepy mush. And I've mentioned Metallica, if they did Ride the Lightning in full, that would be wicked, wouldn't it? It would be, yeah, the best Metallica album, if you're asking. They did that as well, the uh, Ryan Fest a few years back. For fuck's sake. Years and years back, well, five years ago. They we did that, we uh, get done over here. I think they did Kill Em All as well. Yeah, England's famously hard done by Phil Metal. <laughs> <can't they? laughs> yeah. um, right, what else is going on in the world of reader questions? Marco LG asks, off the back of your cover story, do you think Rob Halford and Tony Iommi will really work together one day? Yeah, so in this month's issue, there's a little snippet that Rob Halford and Tony Iommi have been thinking about doing a little something together, Ooh. if you go and pick that issue up. I mean... We don't know if it will happen, but if they're both up for it, and I don't mean this disrespectfully, but Tony Iommi's not got as much on his plate now as he did a year ago, so, yeah. <laughs> they seem to be really good uh, friends, have a lot of respect for each other anyway, judging by the piece and the current issue. They just seem to, you know, they seem to have a rapport and seem to really like what each other's done and, and have a lot of respect. Mm-hmm, definitely. I mean, I guess at the moment, Rob Halford's literally just kicked off a new chapter of what is probably going to be a blockbuster Judas Priest album cycle because the new yeah. album's fucking amazing and I imagine they'll be on that for a few years yeah. to come yet. But uh, yeah, I'd, I'd take it. Iomi's riffs under Halford's screams would be awesome. Yeah. I'm well up for that. Why wouldn't you want that? Yeah. Some of my favourite stuff that Iomi's done is a solo albums oh interesting yeah he's done a couple of songs that I thought were amazing that one Grace mm-hmm. um, I'd, yeah I really like his solo stuff I remember having to convince you in the car on the way back from Download once that he'd released two solo records you did not believe me oh, no I didn't no I had no idea yeah because that, that was kind of deep in my not being into that <laughs> particular kind of metal phase 
Uh, but I did think that his work on the Heaven and Hell I really liked the last Black Sabbath album by the way I thought 13 was really good yeah, but really good. I thought the Heaven and Hell album a few years before that was way better and that was a real kind of Tony showing the, the you know what he can do because he's the, in my opinion the greatest metal guitarist of all time so there you go hopefully it'll happen uh, Chris Miles has asked the funniest thing you've ever seen at a gig or a festival for me, it's Funeral for a Friend's Pit at Download 2015 turning into a mass Macarena. It looks like quite As fun. you do. That sounds quite good. Uh, the funniest thing I've ever seen at a gig or a festival. Um, we kind of talked about this last week, so I'm probably going to revert back to it again. And just to say, don't bottle bands, but if you are going to bottle bands, <laughs> <laughs> throwing a camping chair at 50 Cent at Reading was quite funny, yeah, especially funny. since it cut the set short. <laughs> so I'll probably thing. go with that but don't do that because it's camping naughty camping chair as well yeah like, yeah, because uh, we were on here with Jonathan last week and I, and oh, I said that, uh, well you should just like everyone else <laughs> um, but uh, yeah I pointed out that um, 50 Cent dared anyone to try to get him to cancel the set and they did so yeah, there times. you go that was quite a lot oh and shout out binge ousts anyone who remembers those they still go on they, I don't know I'm old uh, they still happen at Bloodstock if you know where to go brilliant okay <laughs> I was a big fan of Ben Jouster in the day. Definitely picked up a few injuries at Reading uh, back in the day. So there you go. I think my favourite is just most Gajira gigs when people bring inflatable whales. Yeah. And I know that's because I really like sea creatures, but I also really like <laughs> Gajira and inflatable animals. In case you've somehow missed it, I was a big fan of sea creatures. It's a th- running theme. <laughs> I think the, uh, the saddest thing I saw was when I went to see Gajira at Islington Academy, probably about, I don't know, six years ago. And there was a confiscated inflatable whale behind the box office and it looked really Did someone sad. popped it? No, no, they oh, just, okay. uh, the security wouldn't let it in. Wouldn't let it in? <laughs> it's so, like, mate, come on, this is discrimination. So it had to sit in the box office and be collected at the end and Brilliant. it looked really sad. That is depressing. That is depressing. Uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of inflatable whales at Metal Gigs, definitely. I can be into that. The first thing that comes to mind is a bit more gross than an inflatable whale. Okay. Oh, right. I went to see Bloodhound Gang oh, no. at uh, Rock City. They were supporting Falling for Soup. Don't judge me. I was there with someone else. And there was a bear in mind Bloodhound Gang were the support... I don't judge you for Bloodhound Gang. No, yeah, Bloodhound Gang. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Bloodhound Gang. But they, they was, bear in mind they were, they were the support band. The guitarist left the... St- I'm trying to remember this correctly. This is about 10 years ago. The guitarist left the stage, came back with a chain wrap around his knob, pulling on a table... With, by the chain so pulling on and on top of the table was a jug of beer he downed the jug of beer threw that back up into the jug and then downed the uh, the jug again while his dick was attached to a yeah, chain yeah while his dick was attached to a chain which was which was attached to the table because he Why? pulled that on what? that's exactly what I thought I, Why? Don't, I don't know but it's, at the time it was like the f- was this on the stage or yeah on the, the stage yeah on the stage, on, on the stage yeah. did he have a vomit fetish I don't. I, I didn't ask. I was just a bit like, "You're, you're not even the headlining this." Was he naked? I seem to remember him. Bit I th- probably. I can't remember. I think he may have taken his trousers off. I can't remember. I like the fact that him being naked is probably the least odd thing about what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> another another thing about a gig because it was just after the smoking ban had come in. They left midway through the set for a cigarette. <laughs> they, they just left. <laughs> they just left and then played a load of old school like smoking adverts on the big screen when we were stood there going oh, okay. oh god cool. that's so weird that's reminded me actually what was the Welsh version of Jackass called? Dirty Sanchez Dirty Sanchez yeah I saw them at Reading once and all I'm going to say was I was quite near the back of that tent and there were enough bodily fluids on stage that you could smell it at the back oh. it was not fucking pleasant at all quite that's funny though grim. to a drunk 
whatever I was, 16-year-old man. A lot of fluid. Goodness. Uh, Jack Dobson Smith asks, what is your biggest regret in music? It's the second album I never put out. Got it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a terrible joke, sorry. Awful. Uh, yeah. Jack Dobson Smith asks, uh, right, what is your biggest, biggest regret in music, i.e., which band did you miss that you wish you had seen? Well, um, continuing on. on the sick theme, I threw up in 2005 and missed seeing Nine Inch Nails do With Teeth at the Astoria. Oh, that sucks. Mm. And I was living in Manchester at the time, and it was one of these things where I was going to get a coach down and like do one of those all day in a coach, all night at a gig, walking oh, around sucks. all day things. And I was sick, and I was like, oh, you know, this is going to be 24 hours like on a coach and hanging out in London, I can't go. That is absolutely not good. Uh, I mean, in hindsight, it doesn't matter too much because, um, you know, we've been very lucky enough to go to a lot of festivals and stuff since. But um, the first download uh, ever being announced and, I mean, at least one of these bands dropped out in the end. But at the time, it was it was Iron Maiden, Man and Man. So I remember picking up an issue of a, another magazine <laughs> uh, and it said on the front cover, um, New Metal Festival... Marilyn Manson, Limp Biscuit, and Iron Maiden, and it was obviously fucking down the first ever download, yeah, yeah. and it was right where I had my uh, whichever exams it would have been uh, A levels, I think, and uh, yeah, so I couldn't go to that, and I was absolutely gutted. Um, it didn't matter in the long run because I think Biscuit pulled out. That yeah, I think Biscuit, Biscuit did pull out. Biscuit yeah. pulled out of one of their many fucking things. They actually, I tell you what, my biggest regret is, and it's not something that I fucked up, it's something they fucked up. I was supposed to go see. I don't know if you remember this. Limp Bizkit, Deftones and Outkast were playing together at Milton Keynes Bowl wow. in 2001, I want to say. And they fucking cancelled it. So that's my biggest regret. You, Fred, for doing that to me. <laughs> I know you let you off because how good you were at download eight years later. Although yeah. I'd still be gutting about it. Outkast didn't come back for... Oh, I'm going to go off one now. Outkast didn't come back for over ten years after that either. Because of Limp Bizkit. Because of Limp Bizkit, yeah. On and Deftones were there yeah. as well. So yeah, their biggest regret, if anything. <laughs> on that first download actually I watched Evanescence while Metallica did a secret show oh my god yeah <laughs> that is savage oh I like oh, Evanescence but there were rumours but I was also at the time I was well into Evanescence and I didn't really care about Metallica oh mate and Evanescence were huge they were like just blowing up and I was in that frame of mind where it was like this is what I really love and I'm excited about and Metallica was a bit like oh they're sort of for older people because I hadn't really got that excited about them then but if I could go back now yeah you, fuck, think, you fucked that yeah. one yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word what about you Martin Any uh, it's another one at download it was my first ever one uh, 2006 when Tool headlined I did I at the time didn't know who Tool were and wasn't bothered. Oh shit. So I walked straight past them on the main stage to go watch a Treyu or whoever it was on the second stage or whatever. And now I know that Tool are amazing and Ten Thousand Days that they were touring at the time is my favourite Tool album and I've never seen Tool now. And that was my one chance I had to see them and I walked straight past them. Well maybe not now, maybe not maybe now. Maybe not now, but I'm, I'm still like that was the time I should have seen Wow, them. I'm ashamed of both of you. I know. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not I just didn't know who they you were. Know, do you? It's like, I just kept seeing, I loved all these bands, I loved like New Metal and I loved Evanescence and I kept reading magazines and seeing all these bands and every now and then there'd be a Metallica or a major yeah. and I'd be like, oh, that's just like old men's music, I don't care about it. Um, and back... How dare you? Well, back then it was, wasn't as easy 
to listen to music you couldn't just go on Spotify or like go and find things you had to actually go and buy CDs so I spent my money on the stuff I was really into and just mm-hmm. didn't really I think I really got into Metallica by seeing them at festivals ironically yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know the couple of years after that so I mean in full transparency I, I'm not the world well, I'm definitely the, the least biggest Tool fan in this room and I did I only really watched Tool that year because I was with my mates and they were obsessed with it so I probably might have ended up missing it myself I just thought of one as well that's not metal related but I'm going to say it anyway because it's brutal I'm a so I went to uh, Glastonbury one year and Orbital were headlining the second stage um, I think most people know who they are but like seminal 90s dance act very very cool like them a lot um, and so they in the 90s they did a, a really uh, kind of if they'd done it these days they would have called it it would have gone viral <laughs> I don't know what the terminology was about then but um, pop, yeah big <laughs> but they did a, a kind of an infamous um, kind of dancey remix version of the Doctor Who theme oh tune. shit that was them yeah, yeah. Um, there you go um, and yeah it's, it's a fucking banger by the way if you haven't ever heard it took me six, six podcasts to say banger on air I was looking at me unimpressed anyway um, and I'm a massive Doctor Who geek as well right so uh, I was convinced like, I, I like Arbital a lot but I was knackered it was Sunday night if you've ever been to Glastonbury you know it's like being in a war zone for uh, seven days surrounded by hippies um, better than it sounds um, uh, and so yeah we went to see Orbital with my mates uh, and I convinced myself that they weren't going to play that song they played about four or five other songs I really liked and I was like fuck it I'm going to go to bed uh, my mates were trying to convince me to stay um, and I was like, nah, nah, nah. You know, they might play, they might play. And I was like, even if they do play, I'm too tired, I'm going to bed. Anyway, I found out the next day that not only, only did they play the Doctor Who theme, but they actually got out Matt Smith, who at the time Mate. is Doctor Who, to come out and drop it with everybody. Uh, and I've never got over it. I've never got over it. Oh, and also I missed Avenged Sevenfold to play Second Heartbeat. I downloaded that fucking sucked. So yeah. Who asked that question? Jack Dobson Smith. Fuck you, I feel sad now. <laughs> <laughs> Bollocks. All these horrible memories. Whatever. Oh well. Well Adam Turner asks, who is the most metal Marvel character and why? Come on, Merlin. Wolverine. Because he's literally He's literally metal and he's nails and he's hairy and he's a bit of an outcast and he fucks everyone up and he's grumpy. It's just his Wolverine. Thanos is quite metal. Thanos is metal. I mean loads of people that Marvel are metal. Venom. We could do it by genre. Wolverine, (laughs) Flash. Venom, Black Metal. Carnage, Death Metal. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I can't think of any other more obvious ones. Most superheroes, or at least supervillains, are pretty fucking metal. Supervillains are definitely metal. I mean, Magneto, metal as fuck, literally controls metal. So... I like Jessica Jones. She's metal. She's awesome. Just started watching the new series. No spoilers. Okay. It's good. Good. <laughs> oh, it. uh, yeah, that's a good one, actually. Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones is pretty male. Uh, yeah, no, I think it's got to be Wolverine. Yeah. I could probably I pull out some really vague fucking bad guy or something, but um, I, as far as the, the movies go, I'd say Iron Man purely because he just flies around being. I oh, know, actually, fucking Thor, actually, probably. Yeah. yeah. Actual Viking god yes, with he a hammer. Looks metal as well. And had yeah. long hair until they made him cut it. Yeah, I was going to say Iron Man because he listens to ACDC, but no, nah, I think I, Thor is pretty unfuckwithable, isn't it? Yeah, he, and he's a god. He would be <laughs> melodic death metal. <laughs> that could be a thing. We're going to just get every. No, we're not going to do that. Oh, well. That's it, really. I think we've just about nerded out and covered all bases we can. Yeah, we ended on Doctor Who and 
thought. Cool. Um, Cheers for joining us on the uh, SFX podcast. Uh, No, thanks very much for joining us on episode six of the Metal Hammer podcast. We will be back next week. There's something massive that has just dropped, which we didn't mention at the top of the hour, because Parkway Drive are playing the fucking Underworld on Friday. Yeah. Holy shit. I can't go, because I'm going to see Bill Bailey, <laughs> which is also metal. Yeah. Quite metal. He's um, the most metal comedian. He is, yes. Metal Hammer, my golden gods, Illumini, I should add. Uh, so yeah, you're both going. Illumini. Illumini. What did I just say? Illumini. I'm tired. Like allow me. Made of Leave that in. We won't even edit it. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah, you're both going to Parkway though, aren't you? Yeah. 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 If you don't know, uh, the Underworld's about, what, 500 people? If that, it's going to be fucking chaos in there. Hell fucking yes. Yeah. <laughs> I hope they bring all the production <laughs> and it just goes horribly wrong. Were you there? Um, I wasn't there. That was when I missed out on the tickets actually when Kiss played the Islington Academy and basically killed everyone with fire. Oh, I, di- I didn't go to that but I heard about that. The CO2 cones just sucked all the air out of the room. <laughs> yeah. Apparently Paul Stanley like, fainted backstage and all sorts of shit went on. Fucking so hopefully it'll be like that. Uh, so uh, yeah these guys will be reviewing that next week don't forget to go out and pick up the new issue don't forget the Hammer Tour is coming next month tickets are selling very fast so don't sleep on it because it is going to be the tour of the year without exception we will see you next you, we won't see you next week no, what have I just said I'm away for three weeks of it, so I think Jonathan Seltz will be back yeah Jonathan Seltz master of extreme will be back with us next week uh, so yeah you won't be reviewing Parkway but L will so tune in next week for that and a whole lot more as well. See you later, everybody. Bye. See ya.